Well, should we boot the show? Like, just end it? I mean, boot it up. <laughs> I guess we could do that. All right. Welcome to Super Duper Stitches. The, uh... <laughs> the paranormal podcast about the science of the strange. I'm Jake. I'm what's left of Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is a show where we talk about spooky stuff and try and break it down with some science uh, when we can. And oh, yeah. uh, that's basically what it is. Normally, we take turns talking about spooky stuff. We'll each two will choose a theme for the week. We'll each tell a some story sort of we researched prompt. about it. But you know what? This week, Wyatt, we're just going to hang out and you're just going to kick back and drink a beer. And I am going to try and spook you. With some stories. What Jake is politely doing is kindly allowing me to slowly reconstitute parts of my brain <laughs> for everyone at home. <laughs> you can you can imagine me in sort of like a tank of ooze with like cords plugged into my naked body. Huh. And I'm sort of hovering there, like I guess floating, not really hovering. <laughs> But it's floating, if not the hovering of the liquid world. It's hovering underwater, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I look all scary and like I'm going to die. But (laughs) there's like scientists pushing buttons and Jake's going to read me stories while I sit inside of the tank. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, since we last uh, spoke, that was a Halloween episode. We had said that we're going to be super busy going forward. I About started a new job. Years ago. Exactly. Uh, I started a new job. You are just getting so deep into the finishing of the PhD dissertation. Um, in that time, also, the country has shown that it's fine ish for now, which is good. That's right. Better off than it was, I think. I think so. Now I just got to hope that all of the uh, voter base doesn't decide to just arm themselves and Unpack go out the streets. Theirs. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? <laughs> Exactly. What do you got for me today, Jake? I got some listener stories that we have uh, kind of backed up. Ooh. We have, to begin with, a listener story entitled Tales from the Pine Barrens, submitted by Ooh. Redacted. Uh, mm. More specifically, it is the first installment in a series of Pine Barrens misses we can look forward to from this anonymous cool person. Wow. Uh, I certainly say, don't know who they are. They have stories about the very same area of New Jersey they gave us, the Jersey Devil. Uh, This one's about a truly chilling topic, litigation. (laughs) Also, here's an editor's note. I was going to read this one for the Halloween episode, but there just was not enough time. Turns out. (laughs) We love you, Jonathan. We do love you, Jonathan. That was a very fun time. It was also so much. Do come back. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We, in fact, loved you a long time. And if anyone hasn't yet caught our appearance, if you weren't able to watch the live stream we did on uh, the Prohibition Tours Instagram, it is now a um, uh, Instagram TV, is that what it's called, IGTV post? Oh, I don't even know. You can go to Prohibition Tours uh, Instagram and see that whole thing. It was saved as a video. You can watch it. It was fun. And those drinks look it was fucking very delicious. <laughs> wow. They look so good. Thank you yeah. again, John, for that opportunity. Yes. Um, uh, super fun. Uh, I did change the link in the Halloween episode. Instead of linking straight to the channel, like or the um, the Instagram page for Prohibition Tour, it actually links to that post specifically, so you can go right there. Ooh. Anywho, uh, I'll begin the story. Growing up in South New Jersey, the lore of the Pine Barrens loomed large over my childhood. I recall school trips to the Cranberry Bogs, crisscrossed by narrow roads that were perfect for tapping school buses. What? Oh, it must be trapping. Perfect for trapping school trapping. buses. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. This is another good school bus right here. (laughs) I remember the murky tea-colored streams referred to as cedar water, carnivorous plants, the leeches that lurked by docks, and eerie tales of the Jersey Devil. There were also tales of the Pineys. Much of the Pine Barrens is protected land and cannot be developed. Some homesteads were built before the land was protected and are Hmm. allowed to remain developed. This is the Hmm. origin of the Pineys. And if I'm not mistaken, this is also the origin of the Piney Heine. I believe it is. Is that correct? I, 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 I think so, yes. Okay. Uh, fun fact, marrying your cousin is legal in New Jersey. It is said that these pine folk of South New Jersey would marry amongst each other, eat squirrels, and ride motorcycles to the Piccadilly Inn once a year to eat wings and raise hell. 
and on one occasion laced my brother's wings with pepper spray. Classic. So all to say, there are some common hill folk tropes here, which I suspect exist in basically, I was going to say every state, but I think probably every region in the entire world, there's some <laughs> version yeah, of exactly. this outgroup that everyone Pastiche. refers to. Yes. Um, Redacted is the child of a lawyer. Lawyer mom has seen some truly bizarre cases involving Pineys, but as she says mm-hmm. in her own words, quote, I think the strangest was the divorce case involving a witch. What? So the rest of this is um, quotes from the lawyer mom of Redacted, who says, uh, When my client came to me, he was completely distraught. He claimed that his wife had designs on his life. He knew this hmm. because he had stumbled upon his wife and her coven in the woodline just behind his barn. In the darkness, he could make out a fire and discovered that the coven was sacrificing a chicken to the devil and asking for his imminent death. What the hell? My client complained of having heart problems that he attributed to the supernatural and begged me to help him escape this ill-fated marriage. He was willing to relinquish just about everything to his wife. He just wanted to get away. Wow. I thought this was all superstitious. I can't say that word very easily without trying to go into the duper. Super duperstitious. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I, I thought this was all superstitious nonsense, of course, but then the strangeness of the case began. Duper. A paralegal was tasked with delivering a summons to my client's wife, deep in the Pine Barrens. When he returned, he was hysterical, making wild claims about strange creatures on the client's property. Incredibly, the paralegal claimed to have watched a half-goat, half-dog romping around the front yard for several minutes. Uh, As an aside, Redacted thinks, uh, personally thinks this was just an ugly dog or a beautiful goat. (laughs) Uh, The notoriety and theater of this case uh, escalated. My client had to be rushed to the hospital after suffering a heart attack in the middle of the courtroom while he dramatically pointed at his wife and screamed, She's doing this! She is doing this to me! What the hell? Which would be a pretty amazing scene to behold in a courtroom. Can you imagine being called in for jury duty and you got to see that? Not what you expect to have happen. Um, Surely the trial was not about whether or not my client's wife was a witch, but it certainly became a fixture of this case, an ever-present shadow that followed all proceedings. My client was insistent that the only thing he wanted from the divorce was his beloved pet goat, or goat slash dog, uh, Stephen. This had become a sticking point that his wife would not budge on. One day she suddenly acquiesced, agreeing to give Stephen away into her husband's care. Hmm. She even claimed that she would give him the goat with a ribbon on it. Oh no, this is terrible news. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you, you seen The Witch? <laughs> Why would you want the goat? Yeah, we both watched The Witch for the first time together. Indeed. Uh, this is a rhetorical question for the man, yeah, no, the husband in the in the story. But yes, but just remembering... We did, the, didn't we? And we that was were a both so movie. scared. <laughs> Turns out that movie is frightening. <laughs> <laughs> it's great if you hate babies and you want to see people get hurt. <laughs> yep. Uh, when he returned home that evening, my client found his beloved Stephen's head in the refrigerator neatly wrapped with a bow. Oh, boy. My client suffered another heart attack after discovering this macabre tableau. <laughs> He's got a heart of steel, this guy. <laughs> or, I mean, maybe aluminum? It bends but aluminum. doesn't break. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's better. <laughs> and I also think at this point now, uh, the mom is just flexing her vocabulary. Macabre tableau. <laughs> my, my mother's client did survive this ordeal, and he was successfully divorced. After the divorce, he moved out west. Some years later, he sent my mom a package and a letter saying how happy he was and how much better he felt. The package contained a goat's head, no, uh, a box of yeah. gold he had panned from a river, a gift to show his appreciation. Are you kidding me? As oh it turned God. out, it was fool's gold. Ah. Uh, Mom remembers her client's wife as being one of the nastiest adversaries she has ever faced in court, and this story remains part of our family's lore. Just another strange tale from the Pine Barrens. The beginning? <laughs> Man, oh man, that is truly wild. And I have it on good account that Redacted would not just tell a lie. That's right. But we do know that this listener also provided a couple of independent sources to corroborate this story because ours is clearly a kick-ass and discerning listenership. That's right. Uh, so thanks, Redacted. We don't know who you are, but we, we sure appreciate We don't know who you are, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll share whatever you want to send us as often as you want to send it. For now, that means this one now and another one later in this very episode. Mm. I am clinging to the sides of my chair, <laughs> quivering and sweating. All right. Next one up, I have... <laughs> because um, I have a fever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> 
I've got some Arctic ghost action from Icelandic listener Elisa. Oh no, snowsts. <laughs> snowsts. <laughs> uh, so here are two of our stories that definitely don't. Oh, sorry, this is from her. So here are two of our stories that definitely don't <laughs> seem real, but I can assure you were experienced by my husband and to some degree me. You can preface this however you want and or tear it apart. I'm ready for anything, and I had the t- um, and had the theme song playing in my head while I wrote this down. Aww. So you heard her white green light to fuck this story up. Seriously. Also, uh, I'll go ahead and say it right now. Stop being so effusive with your praise. God, <laughs> what are you, some kind of fan? Some kind of very nice person who's just like Jesus. making us feel much better at the exact right time in the year where we need it most. <laughs> yeah. What, do you think I'm hanging on to my psychology and sense of self by a thread right now? <laughs> Uh, because I am <laughs> she goes on my husband is just a regular carpenter slash dad slash guitar player for <laughs> that is carpenter slash dad slash guitar player <laughs> who had a very basic player. childhood and has no particular interest in the supernatural he doesn't drink and although it doesn't scare him he doesn't love the fact that he occasionally sees super dead people Oof. Like, okay so this dead. happened about 13 years ago we live on a small peninsula that comes out from the capital of Reykjavik and leads to a small town surrounded by the ocean on three sides. Not to brag, but I live next to the president. No big deal. Whoa. It's interesting because being anywhere near the president in this country is an enormous threat to public health. Is the president just what you call the ocean? <laughs> Every several, several years they uh, re-elect the ocean to rule over uh, Iceland. I'm going to find a, this. I'm going to find this peninsula. Yeah, I believe it is um, a usually oh. a race between the ocean and um, the volcanoes to see who <laughs> yeah. is to rule over Iceland. Uh, oh, I'm gonna mispronounce this. Seljarnarnes. <laughs> the peninsula she's talking about is uh, that you're apparently looking at is six kilometers long and it's just one long, almost straight road surrounded by lava and not much else. We'll see about that. Now I understand that Iceland is a very volcanically active island and that the Mid-Atlantic Ridge runs straight through it, etc. So I can picture what this probably looks like. But I am instead, I'm choosing to picture a glowing sea of molten lava on all sides of the road. <laughs> that's that's much better. I I have Google mapped myself there. Aha! Uh-huh. And I am now driving at the speed of clicking <laughs> up this volcanic road. Great. Uh, As you tell the story, uh, my husband was driving out of town. It was dark and the road was a bit icy. There was nobody out except him, and a bit further in the distance, he saw one car coming towards him. Probably the president. <laughs> he was casually driving along and decided to change the CD in his car, so he took his eyes off the road for a split second. When he looked up, there was a guy standing in the middle of the road, just a regular young fellow standing there looking at him. My husband naturally panicked and tried to slow down, but the road was so slick he ended up having to swerve, his car sliding sideways, and drive off the road so he wouldn't flatten the guy. Whoa. As he was sitting there, panting and freaking out a little, his car a few meters down from the road, he saw that the car coming from the other direction had stopped and a lady was running towards him. He was, at this point, I assume, actively sinking into lava. <laughs> yeah. Important to recall, this is all happening during an active eruption. Yeah. She goes, are you okay? Did you see him? And my husband says, did you see him? She said, um, yes, your car slid through him. And then he just casually walked <gasps> away and disappeared after a few steps. Oh. To which Lisa says, what the fuck? Language, language, language. How a fuck. How a fuck. They were both a little shaken up, but my husband managed to get his car back onto the road without any issue, and they both drove off. I guess they disagreed that this was one weird-ass experience and went their separate ways. After he told me this some years later in a very matter-of-fact way, I asked him to show me where it was. And yep, there's a cross nearby for someone who died there in an accident. Great. Just great. Not scary at all. I love driving in the dark. Hmm. <laughs> Ah, so that's the end of Elisa's first story. Good story, Elisa. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Very spooky. Not what I would want to experience. Especially not when you're surrounded by lava. <laughs> yeah. The only thing worse than lava is ghosts. <laughs> uh, she's another one? When my husband and I first started dating over 10 years ago, we used to drive around a lot at night just chatting and listening to music. Lame. <laughs> I know you guys love non-dramatic storytelling, and if my husband were sharing these himself, they would be. But this is from the perspective of someone who does not want to believe and does not enjoy being scared, so I get a bit dramatic. Lisa, you're quite right. We have gone on record as hating anything short of lukewarm, clinically dry, straightforward accounts of events 
We have at no point specified that what we dislike is needlessly yet unsuccessfully floral language. No, we here at Super Duper Sisters hate fun, and we're very glad that you get that. It's true. That's what got us in the game. <laughs> oh, f- also for the record, I am still driving around Reykjavik, and I, I thought I found, <laughs> I thought I found the place, but it's actually just a fire hydrant. Go on. Okay. <laughs> is Reykjavik always really overcast? I don't know. It's a question for our listeners. <laughs> I'll wait until I hear a response. Text yes or no to three three four one five right now. <laughs> uh, where the fuck am I? Uh, one night we parked by an older building down by the basement where no one could see us. Yes, we were probably making out. Ooh, gross. I was driving on. Uh, I was driving, and my side of the car was parallel to the wall of the basement. As we were chatting, facing each other. I noticed that his eyes would wander away from my face like he was looking at the wall behind me. He did this several times. I looked behind me but didn't see anything. What are you, a boring kisser? (laughs) At first I thought the story I was telling him was just boring and he was just losing focus. But when he kept looking for longer and his stares got a bit intense, I asked (laughs) him, what is it? But he would reply, nothing. Hmm. Uh, He had just told me a few days prior about how he occasionally saw dead folks, and with that fresh in my mind, I started being freaked out and asking him again, what are you looking at? Do you see something? And he just kept going, nope, it's cool, keep talking. Oh my god. I kept looking behind me and at his face, which got more serious every time he looked behind me. Suddenly he goes, very calmly, hey, do you want to go somewhere else? His eyes darting between me and my driver's side window. Ugh. In light of recently obtained information, I completely lost it. What? What do you see? Ew! And slammed the car into reverse, crashed over the curb, and sped out of there like a maniac. Oh, no. (laughs) When we were at whatever he deemed a ghost-safe distance away, he told me that behind me, the entire time, he had seen a man standing up against the wall, facing the wall. Ugh. He was wearing something like a raincoat and had his hood on. He He made out for that long while that was there? (laughs) Uh, He was about 10 meters away from our car, so he didn't immediately think anything of it. But he slowly realized that this wasn't an actual man, not one currently living anyway. Mm. As I was telling my probably riveting story, he could see the man slowly backing away from the wall, coming closer to our car every few seconds. When his back was right by my window, my husband got a little uneasy. Mm. But when the man suddenly turned around and brought his face up to the window, staring at us, was the moment he calmly suggested we go somewhere else. (laughs) He said he just looked like an old angry man. For a while, I kept asking him about this stuff, but what exactly the ghosts look like and how he can tell they are ghosts, and he has a really hard time explaining it. He just says he sees them and registers them, and then a second later, his brain will realize that this is not a living person. It can be anything from how they move to how they're dressed, how their eyes look, or where they are, like standing in the middle of a road or just weirdly hovering somewhere and staring. Needless to say, I don't bring him with me to dark corners anymore. We rarely ever talk about this stuff anymore, but every now and then, when we're moving or um, or staying somewhere new, I'll ask him to do a quick sweep and see if he runs into anyone. Solid solid call. Uh, Even though I don't believe, of course, but just in case. Oh, yeah. I also have a question for you guys that has popped up in my mind so many times while listening. Before I get to her question, actually, do you have any... That's the end of that story. Do you have any comments about the story? I have have a question for her, funny enough, actually, which is, is your husband's name Cole? (laughs) And if it's not Cole, is your husband's name Haley? <laughs> Haley Cole Osment. Haley Cole Osment. Indeed. Um, <laughs> or is his is your is your father in law's name Malcolm? <laughs> Does he have a psychiatrist who looks like Bruce? Okay, okay. I'm done. <laughs> uh, so her question to us is. Do you guys find that ever since you started doing this, you've been really priming yourselves? Do you find yourselves looking into bushes at night or being more weirded out by strange noises in your house than you were before? Is there anything you definitely didn't believe before that you now think might be a possibility? Or the opposite? You've completely ruled something out you used to wonder about. Hmm. What do you think, Mr. Shell? Well, I think on the whole, sort of a two-part question, I guess the first part, which is like, have, have there been any like major behavioral shifts? Mm-hmm specifically those that have to do with being kind of creeped out yeah getting high on my own supply which is no um no i have not been creeped out partly because i don't really live in a spooky place there's not that much to 
reinforce any amount of priming that occurs. Yeah, what's creepy about uh, Western Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah, and I'm also not a big, huge baby. <laughs> you are big and huge, though. I'm big, huge. <laughs> big, huge man. Human man. <laughs> no, I I would say for myself, none of that. On the other side, a little more of the sort of uh, Mulder and Scully vibe, I suppose. I mean, I guess as ever, it just has maintained an already very uh, cozily burning fire of interest in the subject. Yeah. Insofar as what I think we always say, which is that sort of uh, unreal until proven otherwise, but right. it would be really cool if some of these things were real. As everyone by this point knows, my my passion for Sasquatch. Mega mates, <laughs> prime time, Squatch, yes, indeed, and other such gigantopithecine type things. Mm -hmm. That would be super fun, but also the odds are, as they say, stacked against. But uh, I don't know what I'm saying. All Jake, right. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> um, for my part, I do definitely find that I get creeped out while I'm researching stuff for an episode. Even though, like, I'm looking up stuff that I'm sure is, even if I'm looking up something that I know is going to be fiction, for example, I just, if I'm reading a scary story about a scary encounter, I'm always, like, usually the time of day when I have the most time to do this is at nighttime. So That'll I'm getting it. really creeped out while I'm researching, like, putting together my uh, my segment for a given episode. And then when I'm editing, too, if, if one of us tells us a particularly creepy story in an episode and I'm editing it, it's also again at nighttime, and then I find myself feeling pretty creeped out. And if I'm, like, kind of cutting it close to the deadline, and I'm just staying up late to finish an episode before the day is supposed to come out. I'll be like, Lauren will be asleep and I'll just be in a, the all dark living room editing the episode. And that creeps me out too. <laughs> that would make me feel creeped out. Yeah. Generally, same degree of belief in the stuff that I, did that I had before. But I have on a number of occasions, uh, I think less so since living you know, in a city, more so back along like, living back in New Hampshire. Or actually, yeah, even when we first moved here. Uh, when we lived in the basement area of Lauren's aunt and uncle's house when we first got here before we got our own apartment in the city, there was a great big sliding glass door right next to oh, where our bed was. I recall this. And uh, as well as some, some windows over the side. And I just kept any of these instances, if it's nighttime and I can't really see out, outside, but there's like a little bit of light, I just kept picturing a ghoul or a crawler coming slowly into view and uh, how creepy that would be. Oh, and, that would uh, creep me out too. Yeah, so... Not that I like, not a thing I even really thought about before starting to do this this show and reading about that being a common sighting. Apparently, um, so it's not like oh I didn't believe about it before, but now I do, or I, it's increased my belief or whatever. It's it's still a thing that I am certain can't be real, but now that it's an image in my head, I just keep better hope so thinking it. Yeah, seriously, I keep thinking about it everywhere and like and be like oh it'll be pretty cool, but I really don't want that to happen right now. But it'd be pretty cool, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain's like let's just run a few scenarios anyway. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, but it's coming from right here. Is the door locked? Okay, that's something. But like, could it break the glass? I don't know. Uh, yeah, also, stuff what like would that. it look like? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess, where I'm at. But generally, yeah, we both still feel about the same as we did, except maybe more excited than before because this is fun to do. Oh, absolutely. And I will say as well, I'm very, very much looking forward to doing some on-location type things. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you right now, I will get spooked out during those kinds of things. <laughs> I have been thinking about this more recently, thinking about how because of our dear patrons on Patreon, like the support we get from that and from Drew at Four Fandoms, we'll be we'll talk about all that in a second. Um, so I think the very next segment is to do both those things. But um, <laughs> the fact that we have a little bit of funding behind the show and we're not taking a loss to make it and in fact can save up some money to do stuff, uh, once there is a vaccine and we can travel safely again, I am so excited to do stuff in person together. Oh, my God. Hell yes, man. I was looking through uh, my phone a couple of days ago looking for a video somewhere way back when, and I found several of the videos where we were doing the quaff together in my apartment, and just, mm. I was like, oh, I miss that so much. I just miss Wyatt, and I miss doing stuff together in person. People got to remember, you're you're getting all this quality tent, and we ain't <laughs> even in the same room. Uh-huh. <laughs> We ain't even touching dicks. <laughs> yeah, the first like 70 episodes, the <laughs> whole time, that's what's happening. But now... 
Now it is all digital, baby. Anyway, hi, not, Mom. Not in a good way. Um, yeah. So the, oh, no. <laughs> the show is great. We look, forward, we look forward to getting to do more special stuff like that because we will for sure do some remote things where we'll go into the woods, right. we'll go into spooky places. By then, I'll have figured a way to record while we're on the move in a way that actually is feasible. Mm. It's going to be cool, and we're going to get real creeped out, and hopefully we won't get attacked by a ghoul. Or we do get to high-five a Sasquatch. We'll see. That would be the ideal combination. No ghoul, discover cryptid species that everyone thinks is real, but probably isn't. <laughs> Ooh, or we are almost attacked by a ghoul and then saved by a Sasquatch. Whoa. Now that would be the combo. And then scared out of the woods by the sound of a mountain lion screaming. <laughs> After all that happens, like, oh no, a normal animal. <laughs> a normal animal? <laughs> It's designed to kill. <laughs> um, that all sounds awesome. Yeah, yes. I very much look forward to that. Will be very fun. I suspect that can happen in the next year or two. Fingers crossed. Yup. Lots of love to you guys from Iceland, the creepiest country you'll never visit. Thanks, Elisa. Are you suggesting that? Thank we'll, you. That we are you telling us never to visit Iceland? Yeah, you're kind of declaring that we are never going to visit, which is pretty assumptuous. Mm, of you. Yep. <laughs> So now we're not going to out of principle. So, uh, you know, screw That's Iceland. Right. Yeah, take your peninsulas and your presidents and get out of here. <laughs> now, I have a little more to do uh, to tell you. Another story. Uh, there's stories to happen. Before that does to do <laughs> is, yeah, you, oh boy. I can't only imagine how hard a time you're having an hour in the future because I am struggling here right now at, what is, I guess, 20 minutes to nine. Not late at all. <laughs> Sounds great for me. It's hundred minutes. All this to say that we gotta talk about our dearest, favoritest, onlyest sponsor for Phantoms Brewery, the coolest little brewery in Western Massachusetts. That is right. Four Phantoms combines, and I'm gonna do this by memory: Dungeons and Dragons, Heavy Metal, and Burr, <laughs> which they combine to make Burr. <laughs> Shut up, Jake. <laughs> yes, four fandoms currently cranking out, I believe, Dirtweed, which is an amazing IPA. And I, I like Dirtweed a lot, yes. Dirtweed is an exceptionally good IPA. If you can get your hands on that thing, grab it. It's the winter version of the Dirtweed IPA. It's tasty as hell. Uh, and, and that's the thing. There's so many IPAs everywhere all the time. First right. to say that we particularly enjoy this one, we mean it. Um, oh, my God. It's th- super good. Also, something else that I think is new, as far as I can tell, which is Bite Back, a blood orange sour, which sounds Woo. real good. Gotta try it. Mm-hmm. So those are some seasonal offerings. I gotta say, Four Phantoms, super cool. If you guys don't know, they do seasonal variants and seasonal labels with some of their beers. Yeah. And so oh, it's yeah. very fun. The artwork changes, the beer itself, the brew shifts a little bit. There's a character that corresponds to like each beer, for example. Like say the Dirtweed is a tiefling, I assume a tiefling druid, but I'm not positive of this. He has a little good guess. like a pet alligator. Um and yeah, each each iteration of Dirtweed has a different scene corresponding to the season. With those two together doing their own thing. The winter one is just them curled up uh, by a roaring fire in like kind of a library-ish situation. Looks very cozy. Very cozy. And yeah, it's just it's fun and great and we love them and you should too. You can get Four Phantoms uh, a lot of different places where beer is sold in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And if you can't, uh, at the very least, check them out online, leave them a review, even blind. It'll improve their profile and uh, get them some more visibility. Yes. That can be done at untapped.com, dot com. And if you mention us, we will attempt to escape from the cube before the myriad traps and strange sort of quantum nightmare kills us to read your comment (laughs) yes i actually did go on a perilous solo journey earlier this week to check for any possible reviews from listeners um couldn't find any reviews from folks who listen to this but i did find a review for battle jacket by a big brain guy named bill h reminder battle jacket is a rad and crushable pilsner that i very much enjoyed over the summer and all proceeds for that beer go to racial justice organizations. Bill H. said, quote, It was good, but I found the small print about all the proceeds going to SJW causes annoying. If I'm going to give dollar sign, I want to know where it goes. 
I think they should have named it Regressive Left-Wing Causes and put a picture of Pajama Boy on it. Wow. We all can agree that H stands for hate. Yep. So, quick message from Wyatt and myself at Super Superdurpercitious for Bill. Uh, get fucked, friend. And, yeah, oh, yeah, if you want to leave a, a nice review about how cool this company is on Untapped, we'll have a link to do so in the description of this episode and all episodes. So, thank you very much for Phantoms. Back to the show. And the show now is more thinking folks this time <laughs> uh different people and uh we're talking about our patrons on patreon oh it must be time to boot up the nc AAA device to use the patron appreciation neural dive for evaluation of risk function which is the fastest i've ever said that that was incredible <laughs> Uh, this, of course, is a contraption and a contrivance that if you do not understand or conceit, uh, too bad. <laughs> no, of course, it's an old ancient computer that we plug into <laughs> our brains, and of it uh, is not random function on cryptids.com, which has the prominent banner for Magic the Gathering Arena Kaladesh <laughs> remastered. Release the Thopters, <laughs> which sounds like some kind of strange, hot helicopter. It sounds like it's the name of the um, the ornithopters from uh, ah, Dune. Ornithopters. Um, so today we're going to thank a patron and calculate what their uh, cryptid or creature in the world is they should most look out for. And who we're going to focus on today is... Allie Skinner. Skinner. Allie, you need to be on the watch for... For... The Dorku. Oh, wow. A favorite. That is very... This is the second time that we've had a random one pop up on here that's actually a thing we've covered on the show already. Uh, previously, Wowzers. I think it was the Dark Watchers. So, the Dorku, which I believe is how it's pronounced. We've gone over this a little bit. Some confusion. I think it's Dorku, but I'm not positive of that. Emma, if you're listening Dorku. to this, please tell us. Yeah. Or anyone else in Ireland who knows Gaelic... Uh, it's a big old lake monster. It's also it's uh, I think Dorku means isn't it stand for like um king dog or something like that? I Kuba's do dog. not remember. It's but, but it's like our king king otter, but I think Dorku is something Ku means dog. Anyway, sea dog, Q. um you know, Irish crocodiles and their nickname for it. There's a bunch of different things. It's this of scary. course inspired the drink. Yes, the the, um, the very, very famous drink. You've probably gone to a bar and seen one of their specials was the Irish Crocodile. Uh, that comes from this and this show. This uh, Said to be very aggressive to humans and dogs specifically. Totally fine with cats. They were said to attack in groups or pairs. Basically a huge ass, really mean otter. Mm-hmm. And they can, yeah, grab you, drag you into the water, and it's a bad situation. Um, so, so if you are near any of the lakes in Western Ireland, Alley, just don't go too close to the water and you should be okay. And if you are anywhere near our website uh -huh. and you see the Dobarku on a t-shirt, feel free to approach <laughs> wallet in hand. <laughs> uh, also hoodies as well. And we have a sticker even. So, and posters. Um, yeah, not They're a lot everywhere. of purchases of the poster, but the poster... It's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, the design is by Katie Amaker. Uh, it's the skull of the Doraku done in a very kind of scientific way. And uh, mm -hmm. we made a little caption for it, too. Only available. The caption's only available on the poster version. Super rad. Yeah. So thank you very much, Allie, for thank supporting the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Uh, at any level of support, you, too, can have your personal cryptid calculated by our machine, uh, which we should unplug probably at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll also have our love forever and ever if you support us in this way. Uh, I also want to make it known that our thanks extend to both current and former patrons. Uh, we understand that money is tight right now. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The pandemic's getting worse and worse, especially in the U.S., so we're just super thankful that you ever even considered throwing a dollar our way. Thank you very kindly. We're still thrilled to have you as listeners, assuming, of course, that you are still listening. <laughs> <laughs> For folks who are able to kick some change towards this goofy little podcast, well, we sure do have some nifty benefits available. Wyatt, what are some of those? Curated outtakes. That's right. We sound perfect on this show largely because Jake edits <laughs> all of the F-ups into one giant cup, a king's cup of F-ups. 
that you can guzzle down <laughs> behind the yeah it's, it's disgusting <laughs> the uh patron wall there are also bonus minisodes that mm-hmm. we ostensibly record all the time i released one just this week so wow <laughs> I wonder whose fault it is that we haven't done more. Not looking <laughs> at you, Jake. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of my favorite perks that we have is uh, quarterly stickers. There are a lot of podcasts out there that will offer oh, a sticker. Yeah. like, And they'll say, like, oh, if you join at this level for a certain number of months, we'll give you this sticker one time, and that's it. Or maybe they'll have more Lame. than one sticker. Like Dumb. They'll have two, three stickers. We have a new sticker every three months. That is available only for that time and then gone forever, probably. And it's a really cool sticker. All of them are designed by Lauren Marple, same person who designed our logos. And uh, yeah, the newest one, I don't mind telling you, it's a glow-in-the-dark spring heel Jack sticker. Oof. And it's going to be headed out to our current patrons very soon. And boy, is it fun. Oh my god. You will be laughing in a certain shrill manner, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But I will not repeat it now. <laughs> um, sort of I also like wanna, that, but louder. Yeah, I also want to say the annual plans. I talked about how those were new back in September, October. I kept saying that we were going to um, have a, a discount of I think it's like sixteen percent. It works out to be the cost of you you buy twelve months at once for the cost of ten months at once. It's basically a two month mm. off discount. And I kept saying there's going to be a special offer available only till Halloween, and then we'd change the discount some. But I decided oh, we'll probably just leave it like that because it's still cool to get people to join the uh limited offer thing proved not to be the uh last bit of encouragement folks needed to convince people to go for stuff looking at you jeff the mongoose merch um oh yeah <laughs> so we that moved, tactic uh... did not work <laughs> we moved but three t-shirts <laughs> wow limited edition never looks so limited yep there are, I think, maybe seven people in the whole entire world who have that op- that stuff now. A couple, couple patrons that opt for that for their um, their perk because you can get a free merch item. But yeah, we haven't lost hope yet of both breaking the 40 patron threshold and not immediately losing three or four the moment that happens. One of these days we'll get there and stay there. Oh, uh, yeah. Otherwise, in the meantime, yeah, we'll just anyone who wants to join, we, we love you for it. And if you just want to listen and make us feel happy that we have listeners, that's also great, too. It's so. also great. We'll like you for that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and with that, I will uh, get on to the last step of the show so that why I can go to bed. Get on with it. It's tea time for me. <laughs> My Ovaltine is cooling down <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> Tales from the Pine Barrens 2. Ooh. As tantalizingly hinted at several long minutes ago. At this point, like, it's pine time. <laughs> it's pine time. We have another one of those. And this is that. Uh, uh, an, uh, anonymous slash redacted goes on. <clears throat> the Pine Barrens offer backwoods, dirt roads, and trails carved by deer and ATVs. Uh, some hmm. ways, and, and deer carved by ATVs sometimes. Uh, some ways of life in the Pine Barrens can very s- funny seem plucked from a different place or time compared to towns you drive through just 10 minutes away. Uh, one evening, a few friends and myself decided to take a long drive through the woods in a Jeep without any particular destination in mind. We carved what are you, ar- teenagers? Yeah. We carved an arbitrary path through a network of backwoods dirt roads, often reaching four-way intersections and choosing your direction at random. Uh, side note, I tried to do this once in college. I was driving. It was like midnight. Um, me and two friends wanted to just go drive through Burlington, Vermont. And they decided, oh, when we get to an intersection, we'll flip a coin and decide if we go left or right. Ugh. That immediately turned uh, turned out to be a terrible decision because of like, oh, guys, the light is green. Which way do I go? Like, oh, let me flip the coin. And they drop it on the floor. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go someplace. Like, screw this. There's someone behind oh, me. Like, this God. isn't going to work. Um, <laughs> we did at that point end up seeing a teenager outside of his garage uh, his house like kind of outside of town just under a single lonely lamp kind of thing uh, uh, like the floodlight just kind of juggling a uh, a soccer ball alone in the dark at 12.30 in the morning wow like you do so uh, as we turned back around to come back the other way to go back home again um, I, one of my friends opened the window and screamed sports as we went by what a jerk kids gotta practice <laughs> mm-hmm ideal time to do so um uh, what were we talking about with redacted's story uh 
They were also driving. Yes, we eventually rolled up to a clearing in the woods. We had stumbled upon a large row of cranberry bogs, not uncommon in the Pine Barrens. Hmm. As we cautiously threaded our way through the bogs, we discovered a small town. The road ended at the steps of a single general store, surrounded by some scattered rustic homes. The town looked a hundred years old and yet still lived in and was well maintained. Wow. Spurred onward by our sense of adventure, we drove past the general store. By this time, the sun had dropped below the horizon and had become dark. We took a turn onto a dirt road and my gaze was met by another as our headlights fell upon a man sitting on his roof. Excuse me. Uh, He was sitting on his roof in the woods in pitch darkness. In any other situation, this man could have easily looked... Could have easily looked like any other character from any backcountry town in America. It was a shirtless, elderly man that rose to his feet, eyeing us with a shocked, ex- uh, with a shocked suspicion. Excuse me, I get too much beer. Huh. Uh, a baseball cap sat on his head, and a ZZ Top-worthy beard rustled over his beer belly as he menaced from the tin roof of his home. <laughs> rustled, <laughs> uh, looking at me as if he had never seen a teenager before. Thoroughly unnerved, we did a 50-point K-turn to turn around on this thin dirt road as the man silently pointed at us. Ugh. He never said a word. He just stood and pointed, and he stared. But you picture him just kind of doing the invasion of the body snatchers shriek. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Thank you for doing the point, but not the shriek. <laughs> uh, he continued <laughs> to point and stare as we drove away. <laughs> and he continued to point... Uh, oops, and... Uh, uh, and he continued to point and stare as he faded from view, swallowed by the night. We truly did not know where we were, and the experience was so uncanny that we immediately left the town and headed home. We then discovered that we were only about ten minutes from our parents' houses. We had never been to that town before, and we have not been there since. With the same adventure, uh, with the same friends from that adventure, I would eventually form a band. We named ourselves hmm. from uh, after the area we grew up in, where we bonded over similar tastes in a place with no music scene. Oh, I forgot about this part. So that is actually, this is all from a friend of Redacted. Yeah, so this is Redacted's uh, best friend's little brother who told this story. Okay. And they have a band called the Pine Barons. Kind of like, uh, you know, just um, above knighthood and above baronet, right. but below duke is a right. baron. Um, so awesome. they have a band camp I will look for and um, and I'll link to that in the description of this episode too. They could have taken it one step further and been the fine barons. <laughs> the, we'll, we'll give them some notes too in addition to the shout out and that'll be good for them. Um, <laughs> I do want to say too, as I was thinking about this, when travel becomes possible again, we should head to the pine barons with Redacted and go on a little uh, road trip. They seem very nice, <laughs> even though I do not know who they are. <laughs> Lastly, I want to end on a short but ostensibly non-fiction description of an encounter a First Nations fella had in the woods one night. This is not a listener story, but it is a Reddit one, which I haven't done one of those in a while. I'm only including it because it was my other Halloween story that I didn't get to read, so I wanted to include it now. All right, I'm putting Um, on my nightcap. Go. Okay. Uh, My ex-girlfriend and I were playing video games late one night at her father's house when she decided she wanted to go home. We were neighbors living in the country, and our homes were well within walking distance of each other. I noticed the time was 3 a.m. I continued playing a few matches with her brother before I, too, decided it was time to go home. At 3.30 a.m., I walked outside to... Time to start the day. (laughs) Yeah. At 3.30 a.m., I walked outside to pure darkness. The moon and the stars were missing. I could not see a thing and noted that the many dogs that usually greet me before I leave were not there. (laughs) What? I guess the neighbor's house is they have a fuckload of dogs and so. those dogs happen so. to just not be around. Such a moment. way to introduce the elements of the world. <laughs> yeah. but carry on. The silence was odd. I assumed they followed my ex home. I waited for my eyes to adjust to the darkness before I left after before I left, but after what felt like ten minutes, I could not see my hand in front of my face. I know the trail back well enough to walk it blind, so I did just that. There was a bush between her father's home and ours, and as I entered I started to get this feeling of dread. All my senses were warning me of something I could not see. My anxiety was beginning to rise, but I steeled myself against my paranoia and kept going. Once I was out of the bush, I saw the outside light shining in the distance. About halfway down the trail, I heard this tremendous crashing sound behind me. The sounds of snapping branches and rustling weeds with the rumble of legs beating the ground. I turned around thinking the dogs were coming to escort me home. I was wrong. This thing was no dog. Ugh. 
time seemed to slow as I realized this was nothing I've ever seen before. I still Ugh. questioned if I actually saw anything. It was blacker than the night, a void in the shape of some sort of humanoid creature with a feline head. It's difficult to describe the absence of light having definition, but its black skin was stretched over a skeletal body. I'm a fairly tall man, and this thing's back looked like it was the height of my torso. The shock of the encounter startled me into making a pathetic noise, but I quickly went into fight or flight, and I decided to fight. I stomped my foot in a display of aggression and put up my hands ready to fight this thing, ready to hit this thing. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, this is, I think, the first of the many stories we've seen where people have this response who they go the fight route instead of the flight route. Which Pretty is, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it stopped 10 feet or so from in front of me, and that's when I noticed it had hands. Uh, at mid-stride, it paused, and I saw that it had black, long, slender fingers. For a moment, it stared at me, turned, and ran back where it came from without making a sound. It hmm. had no tail, and I will always remember how graceful this thing looked running the other direction. Its movements hmm. were so fluid. My adrenaline was peaked, and I was making these deep, powerful breaths as I walked back inside. When I locked the door, I had the sensation wash over me that locking the door was a useless gesture. I had the sudden hmm. feeling that, that reality was porous and that safety was an illusion. <laughs> I spoke with people about what I saw, and I'm told it was a water spirit. Elders in the area told me it's been there uh, since well before their grandparents first warned them of its presence. Uh, I'm told it's powerful and can be summoned by people who use bad medicine. Hmm. One day, I gathered my courage and did a search of the bush. I found a swamp in the center of it. I never knew it was there in all my years of living in that area. I love the night, but that encounter has me think twice before I go outside alone now. I bring a hunting hmm. knife with me, but I, uh, but I do not know if that will be any help against something like that. Nevertheless, I find comfort in my willingness to fight back if it ever attacked again. However, I do not know if it intended, um, if it intended on harming me. Maybe it was sending me a message. I still can't explain where that claim of reality being porous came from. But that is this particular uh, Redditor's story. Very cool. Yeah, I thought it would have been fun on Halloween, but uh, I guess we'll never know. Hey, the only time better than Halloween would be about uh, two weeks from Thanksgiving. <laughs> yep. That's very fun. Sweet story. And... Quite a Nicely creepy composed. image. Yeah, quite a creepy yeah. image. Quite a spooky uh, experience thinking of the sound of the thing crashing up behind you. Oh, man. Yeah. No, thank you. Yup. No, thank you. But uh, yeah, that's what I have for you this week, Wyatt, and for you listeners. Jake, thank you so much on behalf of everyone, myself, most of all. <laughs> I appreciate all these stories, and I hope that my annoying interjections were <laughs> Just with the only- doctor ordered. Just what the doctor ordered and actually the future made the Dr. Shell. That's right. The not medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you guys all so much for joining us once again this thank week. Thank you guys. Uh, we before we go, it. just a couple last things. Uh, we have a Micmac update. Oh my. A while back, I talked about uh, a couple of occasions between September and now. Lobster fishermen in Nova Scotia belonging to the Micmac community. Just trying to make an honest living, part of an actual treaty from 20 years ago that they could uh, make a just a moderate livelihood fishing for lobster off the coast. And in trying to actually do so, they ran into so much trouble from commercial lobster fishermen in the area who were complaining, oh, it's not the season anymore, You're not, you shouldn't be allowed to do this, even though you and your people have lived here for thousands of years longer than we have. And they were setting fire to people's boats and um, you know, intimidating them, threatening them. Fucking up their catches and shit, I saw. Yeah, last time we talked about it, they had actually trapped uh, a Mi'kmaq lobster fisherman inside of a lobster pound until finally police escorted him out. Police didn't do anything to stop the mob, who um, set fire to his van, and then they broke into the lobster pound, took all the lobsters out, a bunch of lobsters out, dumped them on the ground, took some lobsters and threw them in the, uh, back in the ocean, and um, poisoned a bunch of the remaining lobsters, just truly sick, disgusting stuff. Ugh. The update, this is an upbeat update. Hmm. I'll link to a couple of different sources in the news about it, but uh, First Nations chief got a, it's a, I think it's a $1 billion deal or something with a company called Clearwater. Um, it's hmm. one of the biggest um, fishing kind of companies in maritime provinces. And uh, yeah, the Micmac now own half of the fishery, basically. Wow. Uh, so... <laughs> I don't know fully how this, this, I think, is meant to be an independent thing from the um, the moderate livelihood fishing that's going on there. But generally, it does look like lobster fishing in the maritime provinces 
is going to basically be owned by the Micmac now. Wow. Which is That's amazing. fucking awesome if that works out. That it is so out to be the way awesome. I, I, as, as I'm understanding it anyway. So very right. cool update there. Um, the cause of this week is a link I will link to, which is Zaka. It's Z-A-C-A-H. Zaka Aid and Charity Assisting Humanity. So part of the acronym is the word the acronym is. So I think it's hmm. an acronym fractal. But the point wow. of it is... Um, a fractal. Exactly. This is to help unsheltered folks in Minneapolis not die this winter, basically. The city is doing absolutely nothing to help out. The city has just this, I think oh, yeah. as of yesterday, possibly as we're recording this, the city council voted to spend about a half million dollars on hiring a total of 12 new police officers for a month to just to have more patrols happening. Oh, my God. But they spent nothing to help unhoused folks. So we got to do it ourselves, guys. Community is definitely going to work better than these fuckers. So if you're able to, please do. Or if you, you know, also in your own city, there's, this is a problem all over the place. And uh, we need to help each other out. So if you're able to help unhoused folks near where you live, please do that as well. Yeah, that's what I got this time around. A very, very good call. Man, oh man, that is infuriating to hear. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, please do consider supporting the cause of the week. Consider joining us in, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks, whenever we're... (laughs) A couple weeks time. Sometime. (laughs) Just, you know, you got the RSS if you're subscribed. You'll hear from us again sometime. Yeah, we'll 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 gurgle back up, and it won't be like this forever. Yeah, no, it's uh, unless it is. Which case, <laughs> unless oh, it no. is. <laughs> Mostly, it's going to be just the rest of this calendar year, and then we'll probably have a, a firmer grip going forward after that. But we'll keep you oh, updated yeah. as we go, so you know. Oh, you'll know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's that's it. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Bye. See you next time.